Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about the modern benefits we're getting from new archaeological discoveries from researchers Mary Prendergast and Elizabeth Sawchuk. Then you'll learn about how people can hear body language in your voice. Let's satisfy some curiosity. I was waving my arms around there. I don't know if you could hear that. <laughs> Technological advances have helped archaeologists change what we know about ourselves. And over the last couple of weeks, we've touched on some new discoveries from the world of archaeology, which are happening faster than ever. So today we're wrapping up our conversation with researchers Mary Prendergast and Elizabeth Sawchuk by helping you understand the modern implications of these discoveries. Here's Mary Prendergast with more. Some of our findings have real world implications today. So just to take an example from from our own research, um, I work in Tanzania with a, a team of colleagues to excavate a site that was occupied by early pastoralists. So people who had sheep, goat, cattle, donkey, and members of my team are, are using some of these techniques that we've been talking about. They're using you know soil uh, chemical analysis, for example, or micromorphology, which is kind of a microscopic examination of sediments to um, examine the impact that herders may have had or their livestock and their most importantly their livestock's dung may have had on the landscape around them and increasingly we are seeing that cow manure is extremely beneficial um, to, to plant growth uh, and that herders may be at least partially responsible for restructuring um, their immediate ecological surroundings in a way that's really beneficial and then the reason that has kind of modern day relevance is because there's actually quite a lot of debate, um, especially in sort of the realm of development studies about uh, traditional lifeways and their environmental impacts. And one thing many people have started to realize and to advocate for is that these traditional and extensive forms of production, so moving your land, your um, your livestock across the landscape, as opposed to an intensive form of production like industrial farming, um, extensive production is really um, not only light on the land, but potentially quite ecologically beneficial as well as being beneficial to people. So there's a like really concrete example where I think archaeologists can help contribute to a broader conversation about how to help people um, cope with climate risk um, and insecurity today. Yeah, and to, to build on that, another great example, continuing kind of the the environmental food angle, is this idea about food security that anthropologists and archaeologists are getting much more involved in. Uh, today in our globalized world, we have food from all over the planet that people can uh, access and enjoy, but it is very costly for the land, and there are some issues that we're coming up with in terms of uh, plant development and making sure that everybody has enough food. One thing that archaeologists have been doing that is super cool is looking back to see what kind of biodiversity were in certain areas of the world and how some of these crops that have fallen out of favor in uh, favor of maybe more like maize or corn or wheat um, could be brought back to these environments to deal with food security issues. So this is kind of this very interesting uh, area of research into lost crops, looking at what people were growing before globalized farming and globalized food production and trying to bring back some of those crops into areas to deal with ongoing issues of hunger. So it's a very real world example about how we can go back into the past in times where there were no records in many places. We can use 
use archaeology to figure out what kind of seeds were in all these archaeological sites and also what people were eating from things like their dental calculus. And we can start to understand how we can build our food structures back up uh, so people don't deal with some of these issues. That's great. It's like we solved these problems thousands of years ago. We, we could just learn from our ancestors. That's wonderful. And I, I think that's a huge focus and one that's really exciting, this idea of usable pasts, uh, which is a, a great idea in archaeology that's kind of coming up into the forefront again, that why are we doing archaeology in the first place if not to kind of benefit modern living contemporary humans? This idea of producing historical knowledge that's relevant to the present, that helps us navigate the world that we're in today, and that also kind of takes archaeology from uh, this realm of curiosity, which is very appropriate for this podcast and using that curiosity that people have about archaeology to actually spread knowledge and spread information and also to like spread wonderment about our world so we can think about the past in the way that it's relevant to the present. We've always been interested in archaeology going back to the first excavations in like the 18th century people have been curious about other cultures and artifacts that's why we have these amazing museums around the world that we do today that continue to draw people in to learn about these things and now particularly with uh, the kind of advent of the SciComm revolution and having this information more out there in the public, we can kind of harness that that curiosity and that power of the public to actually start thinking about our world today and about how we want to restructure our world in ways that benefit more people. Pretty cool, right? Don't say archaeologists never did anything for you. Turns out we can learn a thing or two from ancient humans, even in today's world of advanced technology. Again, you just heard from Elizabeth Sawchuk, a postdoctoral researcher and research assistant professor of anthropology at Stony Brook University in New York. And before that was Mary Prendergast, a professor of anthropology and chair of humanities at St. Louis University's Madrid campus. Can you hear someone's body language? It sounds impossible, but early research says yes. In a recent totally made for podcast study, listeners were able to hear the way a speaker moved their hands and arms in their voice. We have to try it. We do. The researchers started by recording three men and three women saying, uh, they had them rhythmically move either their hand up and down at the wrist or their arm up and down at the elbow at different speeds while they spoke. Like this? Uh. Yeah, exactly. Then they took those recordings and they asked 30 people to guess what the speakers were doing with their limbs while they were awing. It turned out to be really easy for most of them. A lot of them were even able to replicate the arm or wrist motions with their own bodies, just based on the recording. See if you can guess what Cody's doing here. I'm going to close my eyes. All right, here we go. Uh... I think, was that your wrist? And was it like slow? Yes. Like, like tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Wow. That was good. I was trying to keep the rest of my body as still as humanly possible. But yeah, you nailed it. Nice. So yeah, these aren't exactly laboratory conditions, but I really can see how it was so easy for the participants to guess what was going on. This was a simple study and the results are sort of intuitive, but it's a really important finding because it gives us a more complete picture of the relationship between spoken language and body language. There will probably be a lot more work in this area, but the researchers think the acoustical change happens for two reasons. First, moving your limbs, even your wrists, causes vibrations that move through your connective tissue and affect your lungs, which affects the sound of your voice. 
The second reason has to do with the muscles that help you keep from falling over while flailing your arms around. Some of the muscles you use to stay balanced surround your lungs, and tension in those muscles changes the acoustics of your body and the sound of your voice. So what I'm hearing is that podcast hosts should keep talking with their hands. You gotta follow the research. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Let's recap the fun things we learned today. Well, we learned that even though archaeological discoveries are about ancient things, they're helping us do things better today. Like studying how cow herders changed their environment has taught us that maybe we could help the environment by moving livestock around in the landscape. And that feeds into a broader conversation about how to protect the climate. And learning what so-called lost crops people were growing before globalized farming and food production can help us figure out what we can start growing in those areas today. And we learned that people can hear body language in your voice. <laughs> this is a really fun one. I get to move. I get to just flail my arms around this entire time. <laughs> oh, boy. Today's last story was written by Grant Curran and edited by Ashley Hammer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. <laughs>